Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But if you're ready to level up your life and get results that truly matter in your health, business, mindset, and relationships, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Sheer Madness, where we have unscripted, real conversations with the world's top athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaches. Discover real world and tactical advice from the best in the business. Let's go. Hey everyone, today on the Sheer Madness podcast, I'm speaking with medical miracle, Nick Centenastasso. He is one of four people alive with the rare genetic condition called hand heart syndrome, where he was born without any legs in one arm. But Nick has never let that or anything get in his way from achieving greatness. He's a bodybuilder, fitness model, and one of the most sought after motivational speakers in the world today. You are going to get so much out of today's episode, so I hope you enjoy Nick Centenastasso. Yeah, so um, I'm 23 years old, and um, when my mom was pregnant with me, they diagnosed me with hand-heart syndrome. And what hand-heart syndrome is, is a super rare genetic disorder that either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs. And so at the, at the time of my birth in 1996, I was the 12th baby in the entire medical history that they've ever seen this happen to. And out of the 12, eight of those babies have passed away due to undeveloped organs. And so what that means is the babies can't breathe on their own. They can't eat on their own. You know, they're hooked up to machines and later on pass away. And so, you know, they they told my parents I had about a 30% chance to live. And, you know, I always say my parents are the superheroes and I'm just the offspring. And the reason I say that for many reasons, but the first is, you know, my parents chose to focus on that 30% rather than the, the 70, right? Because, you know, focusing on the negative will never serve you. And not only that, but, you know, my mom, you know, having this baby in her and she doesn't know if it's going to survive. It's the best solution to focus on if the baby's going to survive rather than um, if I'm not right, because thoughts actually become things. Right. And so she was always focused on my death and my baby's going to die. I probably would have passed away. So thanks, mom. Um, And so when I was born, you know, the doctors uh, took me away and did tests on my organs and they came back and said, Mr. and Mrs. Santanastasso, you're. Your baby boy's organs are 100% healthy. The only thing that was affected were his limbs. And, um, you know, that's crazy because the uh, medical industry painted a very disgusting picture of what I would look like when I came out and I'd be all messed up. They said I have a cleft palate and clearly that's not the case. Um, And so, you know, I'm just really grateful that my parents kind of just took their own thoughts in and not really let the outside noise or the negativity, despite them being professionals, they really didn't let that affect them. You know, even moving forward to the, to the list the doctors gave me and said, you know, your son won't be able to dress himself or feed himself or be independent. And, you know, my parents were like, thanks, but no thanks. It sounds like you have some pretty incredible parents. Are you an only child? No. So I'm not an only child. Um, I'm the baby of the family. We have, uh, I have three other siblings. I have uh, one brother and two sisters. Um, they're all older. Um, it's funny because I don't even know their exact ages anymore. Um, I think my, my sister's, my sister's like 33. My oldest sister's 33. My brother's like 31. And then my sister's birthday is today. Um, and she turned 27. So um, I just wished her a happy birthday. And so I am the baby. And, um, you know, my parents too, you know, when I was born, they were like, how do we, how do we really let the kids know, you know, how do we let the kids know about their baby brother and that he's different, right? Cause they know mom's pregnant. 
And uh, my, my parents handled this really beautifully in the sense of they just didn't let them know. They just like, you know, brought me home and they, they, you know, had me in a little blanket and they unraveled me on the floor and just acted as if. And, you know, that's the thing with kids, right? Is like, you know, the way that you react, you know, the kids will react, right? If a baby falls down and you're like, oh my God, are you okay? The baby's going to freak out more other than, or versus if you're just like, oh, you're okay, you know, and just like kind of brush it off. So my parents are, they're, they're, they're the superheroes. They definitely sound like it, you know, with having just such a positive mindset and we live in such a negative world where most people want to focus on that percentage of how it's not going to work out. We're always so focused on what we don't want to happen versus focusing on what we do want to happen. So we have that negative mindset and, you know, at being at, you know, born into that kind of a family and mindset, you know, that's going to set the trajectory for the rest of your life. And given how old you are and the incredible things that you're doing, I mean, yeah, like you have the physical disability, but beyond even any of that, what you're doing compared to anybody else out there is just so incredible. And the impact Thank that you. you're making, making in so many different lives, I can only imagine how proud that your parents must be, you know, looking and seeing how many people's lives that you truly are impacting. Um, what were some of the things that your parents kind of engraved in you growing up that really helped you? Like what were, when would, did you kind of realize like, I'm different, like I'm going to have to work like 20 times harder than the average person, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my parents, my, like we said, you know, with parents, you're really cultivating your kid's mindset through your actions, through your words, the way you show up, um, the way you get pissed off in traffic, you answer the phone. I mean, whether you think your kids are listening, they may not be listening, but they're always watching, right? And so as the saying, monkey see, monkey do, we're all just a bunch of monkeys running around. But my parents, um, you know, at an early age, sat me down and said, listen, you're born, I don't even know what age it was, but they're like, you're born with no legs and one arm. And you know, Nick, this isn't going to change. And the world outside is not going to change either. And so that means that you just got to figure out how to do things Nick's way. You know, things may take a little bit longer, you may fall down a little bit more, but um, you just got to keep trying. And, you know, they, they, in, in the most polite way, right, they put my clothes in front of me and said, All right, Nick, you know, like, figure it out, you know, try it. Um, and they would give me verbal suggestions. Um, and I tinker with my clothes and I'd fall down. I get pissed off and ask them to, you know, dress me. And um, what I didn't know they were doing was they were one helping me get comfortable with the uncomfortable very early on, which I don't think many parents do. I think a lot of kids are coddled and now I'm not attacking parents. I'm just saying that a lot of kids are coddled or a lot of kids, um, the parents do everything for them. So that's a question that the viewers, um, whether you're a parent or going to be a parent once in your life, um, are we doing too much for our kids? Right. And then the second thing that they were doing, which is one of the most valuable, um, ways you can show up not only as a human, but an entrepreneur, an employee, whatever it may be is they got my brain programmed to be solution oriented. And so, you know, rather than reacting to problems and freaking out, which the majority of us do, we're humans, we're guilty of it. They got my, my mindset in this rhythm of what's the solution? What's the solution? How up over, you know, bust through the door if it's locked, like, you know, they got me always trying to figure out solutions. And so, you know, they put me in my high chair with, with, a, with a spoon there and some food and said, figure it you out. know what time it is, you know what time it is, figure it out, you know, um, it's your second challenge. And, 
you know, I'm super grateful for that because my, my, you know, I interviewed my dad and my parents on a podcast that I'm releasing soon. I'd love to have you on. And I said, um, you know, why, why did you do that? And he said, well, Nick, you know, at home, which is your safe place, right? If I would have put loops on the doors and if I would have put stepping stools next to the stairs, you know, when you would have got went out into the real world, you could have got smacked in the face by reality because things aren't adapted to you. You know, the, the real world's not always adapted for people like you. And so, you know, they were looking towards the future way early on of like, how can we shape this kid to be independent? You know, how can we cultivate him to be as independent as, as, as he can be, right? I love that. I think that's really incredible that your parents had that mindset from the get-go because I think it is more often that we take that coddle approach, you know, and we think we're doing good. It's not usually meant to, you know. It's not bad intent. The intentions are, oh, someone needs help. I want to help out. You know, all the intentions are good, but that's not really helping by any ways. It's kind of like that tough love that you have to give your, that, that is exactly what it is, tough love that you have to give to your child because it's saying, hey, I don't, you don't need me, you know, you can do this yourself and you can figure it out. And this is how you're, you know, exactly what you said, like life isn't going to be easy. You're going to have to work really fucking hard, you know, and that's <laughs> what you've done, which is it's what I love. Um, what was like the hardest period of your life growing up? You know? With yeah. Uh, I'm going to answer that, but I just want to share a story that popped in my head real quick. And it was one of the lessons that my parents teach siblings. I don't usually share this. And so our rule, we're an Italian family. And so my dad's rule was like, no one leaves the dinner table until we're all finished, right? Because it's a family time. And uh, I think one of the dinners, you know, who's taking forever to eat? The guy with one arm, right? And so I'm taking forever to eat. And um, I think my siblings said something or making fun of me. And, and my dad said, okay. And so he, 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 he lined up, he lined up my siblings and he said, all right, now, now sit on your butt or get on your knees. And then he said, all right. And he tied, he tied their right arm behind their back, all their right arms behind their back. And then he taped all their fingers down except one finger. And he said, okay, now do what Nick does. And they were just like mind blown, right? They started crying and they felt some sympathy and perspective, you know, a smack in the face with perspective and, um, you know, I don't think they ever made fun of me or, or teased me for being a little bit slower than the rest um, about the, the little things in life. And so my dad um, chose to make that a life lesson for them early on, which was tough love, but right, they would never forget that. And if I brought it up, my, my siblings would still be like, yeah, I remember that. And uh, we all cried. So um, all. just talking about, <laughs> talking about, talking about the tough love. Yeah. I love your parents. <laughs> I think that's incredible. <laughs> They're like, we're going to tie you guys all up and, you know, we're going to see, like, you know, you're getting mad at him for being slow. Let's see how fast you really, really are, you know? So, yeah. But um, to get to your question, I think the hardest time for me was uh, middle school and high school. And I say that in a broad way because that's not for me, but I think for the majority of kids as us as kids, you know, middle school and high school are probably the most judgmental times of our lives. Um, the reason being is we care about what other people think of us and what clothes are we wearing and, you know, who's in the cool clique and guys and girls, right? Like this is all big, massive topics and we're going through puberty at the same time and our hormones all over. Right. Um, and so I, in middle school and high school, well, first I was an I was an out of shape kid. One of my I always told my told my teachers my favorite subject was lunch because I loved eating food, and um, 
is probably the Italian in me. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I was, I was a chubby kid and I was, I was struggling. I was struggling with confidence. That was the one thing too. I was trying to figure out where this confidence thing came from. You know, I said I wasn't born with legs. I didn't have confidence. You know, maybe you're just born with it. Right. Um, but I realized that's a skill and I'll get into that. But um, the lowest or darkest times of my life was really came from females um, to be fully transparent. And I always say that, you know, females were my biggest suicidal trigger because um, as humans, we all crave love. You know, we all crave attention. We all crave love. And as a middle school and high school, you know, I'd see my friends, whether they're girls or guys, I saw them get love from the boys or girls, whichever way you go. And, you know, I felt that I didn't receive the same love um, that, you know, everyone else was getting. And um, there was a story in particular where I was on the bus and um, there was a girl to the left of me and I still remember her name and I won't put her on blast on the podcast. And, um, but things, things, you remember things when they really hurt. Right. And so this girl was going down the bus and she was making fun of everyone. And she got up to me and she looked over to me and she said, Nick, she said, I don't even have to start with you. You're already too messed up anyway. Look at you. And not only was that coming from another human being, but that was coming from a female. And as humans, we do something called stacking. We can stack thoughts in a positive way and we can stack thoughts in a negative way. And so what we mean by that is we've all had mornings where we wake up and whether we look at our phones and we get triggered by an email or a text message or something came through, we've all had that, right? And so if you're not conscious and self-aware of your thoughts and your inner dialogue and where your focus is, your whole day tends to be negative, right? You wake up, you're pissed off. That, that text came through. Now you're pissed off that you got to go to work and traffic sucks and my tire pressure is off and all oh, that Jackie at the office. I hate Jack. You know, you're just stacking, right? You're just stacking these thoughts. And um, so when that girl said that to me, I started stacking thoughts. And this was this was momentum of a, a downward spiral. Nick, you're disgusting. Girls don't like you and they'll never like you because you have no legs of one arm and you'll never have a girlfriend and how are you going to hold her books and walk her to her locker? Is she going to want to hold your finger? Is that weird? I mean, all like I just kept stacking and stacking and stacking. And, um, you know, the reason why I share that is because how we, how we get out of that is we need to switch our focus from rather than the negatives, which most likely those things aren't true. But what people don't realize is our, our brain isn't designed to make you happy. That's your job to program it that way. Our brain is the survival brain. It's, it's programmed to focus on your insecurities. It's, focused, uh, it's, it's programmed to focus on your weaknesses and all the things you hate about yourself and how empowering is the human brain. It's not. And that's why it is our job to train our focus, to train our mind, to go to the positives. And so how we reverse that stacking is we have to flood ourselves with appreciation. Um, we have to think about our wins. We have to think about all the things we're grateful for, all the things we appreciate. Maybe even call a friend and have a, you know, a level-headed friend at the time ground you. Those are the techniques that you can to get out of that. Um, but I would stack and stack these thoughts. And so um, to to wrap up, like my lowest times was middle school and high school because I just, that was a big factor. I was like, man, like, you know, this is an important thing in our life of females and, and guys. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll never have that, right? That's what I thought, you know. The, the thoughts that are going through my head was on, I'll never have a, a real job. You know, how am I going to be financially independent and stacking on top of that? Like I'll never have a girlfriend. And so, you know, I never went to my proms. I stayed home every time and I never went to winter formals and um, purposely I never went to parties or, you know, all these things because I was just unconfident, insecure kid. And um, the power of reframing changed my life. 
Um, and what I mean by that is I could have a tragic event happen in my life and you could have a tragic event happen in your life. You could see all the good and I could see all the bad. It's the meaning we attach behind that event. You know, where, where's your focus, right? And so I was able to reframe body image. I was able to reframe my body only a couple of years ago. So I want to be transparent and let people know that I'm 23 years old for the majority of my life, probably 18, 19 years. I hated my body. Um, but I realized this, I realized that a, let alone a female, but if a human being doesn't want to love on me, if a human being doesn't want to do business with me, doesn't want to connect with me, be my friend because of my physical disability, whatever you want to call it. Well, maybe this body's actually working for me. And it's acting as an authentic human filter and it's filtering out the type of humans, females that I don't want in my life anyway. Amen. What is more, what is more empowering, yeah. right? What is, what is the more empowering way to look at it? And it's like a boom, a light bulb went off in my head that, wow, Nick, like this thing that you thought was a curse that was disgusting is actually benefiting you and is a massive gift. And it's actually filtering out the type of people that I don't align with anyway. And so that's not even just like a technique for me, but for everyone, you know, there's, as humans, there's things we don't like about ourselves. And, you know, sometimes we try to put on a fake mask or be somewhere we're not. And, um, you know, the sexiest thing, the most attractive thing you could be is show up your authentic self, which you will attract the right tribe who loves and cares for you for you. So that's my long winded answer of my darkest moments with some techniques that you can use to change your life. No, I, I love it. Um, and things that like what I'm hearing is one, the power of the mind. You know, and I was talking about this even a little bit earlier. I did a podcast with the talks about Satima, but just the power of the mind is like it can go either direction if we choose to focus on, you know, our traumas, our past, uh, you know, and just being a victim of our circumstances. We're gonna get more of that. I'm definitely a believer in the law of attract of attraction. You know, in terms of energy, like what you focus on, you you tend to get more of. You know, people who are like why does this always happen to me? And why does this always happen to me? And it's like, okay, well, what are the same thoughts and the same habitual things you're doing on a daily basis, you know, that you're putting into yourself, essentially? Um, you may not believe this, but um, I was actually bullied a lot in high school. So I, I can relate to that. And I know that there's millions of people listening who can. I, I should actually show you a picture of me in middle school because you wouldn't even recognize me. I mean, talk about going through an ugly duckling stage <laughs> till later. Uh, but I had braces. I, I just learned how to use makeup. I, uh, I orange face, like orange oompa loompa, um, pimples all over my face. I mean, and I had these crooked teeth. My front two teeth crossed like this in the front, and I was made fun of and I was bullied. So you know, and a lot of those events remained with me. Um, I also had a pretty traumatic childhood where I was neglected. So I can relate to the mind, and it is so easy. It's kind of like our it's autopilot. It's very easy to allow our mind to just fall back into the past and those emotions where those emotions become ultimately our reality as well too because our mind is essentially our reality it's where we live every single day um and until that i really came to terms with those things and like the stories that i was telling myself about myself you know kind of really reflecting are these true are these really true um and then you know what, what is it ultimately like the life that I want to live and who do I want to be and align myself with? I love that you said that, that weeded out the people you don't want in your life anyway. Like you don't want to be with a girl who, you know, thinks that way, who's going to judge that way. That's a very shallow person. And I think it's actually a gift that you have, you know, because 
a lot of people who maybe are super attractive or wealthy, you know, they're attracting all these people where they're like, do they love me for me? Or is it because my money? Or is it because, you know, women, is it because of I'm just hot? Is it, or guys, is it because I'm wealthy? Is it the fame? You know, maybe you're like an athlete or a celebrity. You never really know. You know, so I love yeah. that you shifted your mindset to saying, hey, this is a gift that I have. And you were able to weed out the people that you didn't want ultimately in your life. Um, so. The, yeah, the, 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 the power of focus, you know, I always, I always make it really simple. And I always tell people I can wake up every day and I can focus on the fact that I'll never be a professional soccer player or I can focus on all the other things that, you know, I can go out and, and obtain. And, you know, so like we're really now, like is it's the power of focus. Like, you know, where is your focus? And, you know, the things that we think are problems and the things because humans create our own problems. Um, and so the things that you your, are problems, your problems need focus to be fueled. Right. And so like the reason why your problems are becoming magnified and bigger and bigger is because that's where all your focus is. Yeah, I agree completely. So in talking about developing confidence, you know, I think we all struggle with confidence. I think anyone who says they're confident all the time, they're lying. They'll, they'll, they're bullshitting. You know, we all have struggled <laughs> with confidence in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I think some struggle with it definitely more so. And there's things that we can do to help build that confidence, you know, besides anything physical, like, yes, like working at your body, fitness, like that helps build confidence from the outside. But I think it's more of the internal transformation you make. So what are some things that you've done to build your confidence or suggestions you give? Yeah, absolutely. So I realized that confidence is a muscle, right? It's a skill. It's something that needs to be cultivated. And uh, a synonym for confidence is actually self-integrity, you know, self-integrity, keeping your word within yourself. And so you'll notice that a lot of, you know, wealthy people, a lot of successful people, a lot of people that exude confidence, you know, really tie their confidence to their work ethic or the way that they show up or the things that they've, you know, got done or the way they progress. Humans love the feeling of progression. You know, like when we're not when we're not moving forward, like my darkest days or my lowest days or most, you know, shallow days are days where I'm not moving the needle forward. You know, I'm a big believer in recharging. Right. But there's a point where like, you're like, man, I haven't done anything like I got to get moving. Right. You need that. You need to build that momentum. And so, you know, how we build confidence is we we set these little micro goals, you know, whether that's waking up 30 minutes earlier, whether that's listening to a podcast a day or reading a couple pages of a book or going to the gym or eating healthy five of the seven days, whatever it may be. But you, every time that we commit to something, which we're all guilty of, every time that we commit to something and we don't follow through, we diminish the relationship we have within ourselves. We, we diminish the way we view ourselves. We diminish, you know, our work ethic, our self-integrity, our word, which is one of the most powerful and, and, and most important things as a human is your word. And so every time that we show up um, and we commit to something and we don't follow through, we like degrade ourselves, right? And so how we build confidence and really work on a relationship is like commit to a few simple things, you know, commit to a few simple things, follow through and not only physically applaud yourself, but, you know, mentally applaud yourself and good job because self-praising is something that humans don't do enough. We all just beat ourselves up the majority of the times, right? And so like, I, you know, so many people are, are trying to seek the validation from a spouse or a teacher or a mentor or a girlfriend, boyfriend, when really you have to be like really working on yourself and get that relationship down before you like go and spend energy elsewhere. And so my advice to people would be is what are, what are 
five things every day that are simple and effective that you know is going to move you forward closer to your goals, you know, because then you're going to have a pep in your step or a pep in your hop and you're going to, you know, get that momentum and you're going to build that relationship and you're going to be like, man, I feel good. You know, I crushed today. Like that's why like working out, you know, was, was a massive outlet for me. Right. Not only, not only physically, but mentally, like there's so many times where we don't want to work out, but after we do, we're like, I feel great. I'm so glad I did that working that, that workout, right? Why is that? Because first we changed our state. We got our we got our body moving. You know, a lot of the times when we're depressed or you know we're we're thinking negative, you know, analyze your posture. You know, your shoulders are you know your slouched, your head's down, you're you're breathing very shallow, you're you're speaking monotone. That is going to cause a certain emotion in your body. But when you get your body moving, when you're running around doing push-ups, some sort of activity, your blood's flowing, that is going to increase, that's going to change your state and increase your mood. You're going to feel better. You know, so like working out is not only to, to build the guns, right? It's but to build your 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 mind muscle, you know, and make you feel better about yourself. And so confidence, guys, is really guys and girls is really a something that you you cultivate. And how you cultivate is just commit to stuff, commit to stuff and follow through, commit to stuff and follow through and build that muscle. And, you know, when you're building your, your goal list or your task list, remember this, you know, I had a mentor tell me this, that um, com- being complex, complexity is the enemy of execution. And so keep, keep your things simple, you know, because if you have 15, 20 things on your to-do list, you're just not going to do anything. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Your brain's going to be like, Oh my God, look at all these things. But if you keep it five to seven things, right? Five to seven simple things that you can do today, that's going to move you forward. Then you're going to start progressing. You're going to knock them off and you're going to feel better about yourself because you are moving forward. Humans love progress. You know, I love what you're saying about integrity and I couldn't agree more. You know, we oftentimes think of how can I exude confidence from the outside, but really confidence is an internal thing and it's the relationship that we have with ourselves. And exactly like you said, following through on the promises we make to ourselves. Um, Someone once said to me, um, and it's about confidence, but it's also about self-love as well too, that no one is going to love you the way that you need to be loved except yourself and you're the only person who can do that so how you're able to do that is when you commit to something that you know you truly want every time you break those promises you know you're saying that something else is more valuable than you Mm. and every time you say no or you say yes to someone when you really even want to say no to them or you really want to say yes to them you're choosing someone else over you as well too. So it's really about the relationship powerful. that you have with yourself, you know, with the integrity. Um, um, I love that. You reminded me also about like the things that you do on a daily basis. I read a book. Have you ever heard of the one thing? I've heard of the one thing. I haven't read it. So I read that one recently and it's just about like, what is like, you know, if we can, I've done the thing. I used to be a multitasker and I used to think that I was very, a very effective multitasker as most multitaskers <laughs> do. You're like, Oh, I can do this. And I'm, you know, I'm working while I'm watching TV and I'm on my phone texting and I'm like, I can do it all. I'm very effective. No, <laughs> it's like the biggest lie. I like to think that, but uh, the one thing, you know, it talks about that and it's about, you know, like, yes, like if you can do more than that, but even just narrowing it down even more, like, what is the one thing, the one thing, if I were to get this done today, that would move the needle in my life towards what I want. 
And then what would be number two? And even ranking them too, like what is number one? And if I don't get that done, nothing else matters. And then going to number two and number three. And then if you can get to five, great. But, you know, versus just creating a list, like where we think like five things are all equal. You know, the reality is we're not. When we create a list, we kind of make them seem all equal as well too. You know, when they're in reality, there are things that are more important that we need to get done. You know, or like things that are to do with work probably more important than doing laundry. I, <laughs> I guess it depends who you're talking to. But uh, um, yeah, 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 I think that's. Uh, I think, I think though, females are definitely better multitaskers than guys. I think the male brain can just focus on one thing, and then females are a little bit better at like bouncing a little things off. So I'll, I'll give you that. I'd like to think so, you know, and uh, <laughs> I wish that I was good at multitasking, you know, until I'm listening to a podcast and then I'm working and then I'm rewinding the podcast 20 times over again because I'm realizing I'm not paying attention and I'm not multitasking like I thought that I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even with fitness, though, like you brought that up and like it being you know, like the muscle that you're working over and over again and like changing your body state too. And I think like you used to do fitness competitions and it's not even so much about getting shredded and all of that. It's about showing yourself what you're really capable of. And I think that develops confidence in and of itself. And that's why I have such respect for people, you know, who compete and are in the fitness industry because the work, work ethic that you develop and the confidence you develop because of the work ethic, you know, like of not being able to cheat on your diet to, you know, to get in the gym every single day to do all of these different things. It's, it has, yes, it's, you know, it's nice to have a six pack ab. It's nice to look good naked, but more than that, you feel confidence because you're like, I did this. Like I fucking did this. And I think that's yeah. the, the discipline, the discipline too. Cause you're like, man, I, I, I did that and I never cheated on my diet and I did 45 minutes of cardio every single day. Like this 20 minutes isn't bad, bad, you know, or, or you're grateful enough to just go into the gym and lift and not have to do cardio when you're not doing cardio. So, but definitely discipline um, and that structure really, really sculpts you. And, and like you said, it's, it's not about the trophy or the competing sense. It's really for, to see how far you can push yourself and, you know, how far you can like push your, your body to see what, what you can sculpt. So, and, and for fitness, you know, one of the main drives for me to get into fitness was that I knew no one could take it away from me or underplay me, you know, it, you know, cause a lot of things people was like, Oh, well, it's easy for him. You know, he's got no legs and one arm and it, he's probably has opportunities handed to him or something. And I knew that if I could become a bodybuilder and do it successfully, one, people are going to catch on Two, I'll be able to market it and monetize it. Um, because I'm a hopping testimonial and three, no one could take it away from me because I built this and you can't buy a fit body you know? And so that was really, that was really my, my big motivation, um, to get into this sport. You know, I, I actually, I think I got into it for, for the confidence thing of, you know, feeling better about myself and, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in shape and, but I really fell in love with the, the mental benefits of it and just the therapy of going in. And, you know, they always say that a 45 pound, a 45 pound plate will always be a 45 pound plate and it'll never switch on you. It'll never cheat on you. It'll never stab you in your back. And so you can always rely on the 45 pound plate. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you still competing right now? Or like, I don't know, you may not be like, an um, athlete, but like, are you still have plans to compete? Yeah. I, 
I'm on macros. So like I, I still count my macros. I'm, I have a coach and I send check-ins and I think that if I didn't have a coach, you know, I fall, I, I fall off, you know, like I like having like, Oh, I need to check in. And um, really, you know, the macros thing really helps me out. And for those that don't know what macros are, it's just really counting your, um, your protein, fats and carbs, um, dialing it down to your specific weight and height. Right. Um, and so for me, you know, I'm still on macros and I just know that me staying in peak performance or, you know, the best shape, um, helps me mentally. It helps me physically. It helps my business. It helps all my businesses, you know, like, you know, the fitness modeling, the modeling, the, the speaking, like I need to show up looking the best, being the best, because I need to practice what I preach, right? Like if I stepped out on stage speaking, right, and I'm overweight and I was talking about, you know, confidence and all these things, people are like, dude, what, what, what do you mean? And I think that's one of my biggest superpowers in the way that I can really break, break through to people because we all have barriers in our mindset and, you know, someone can come on stage and we all are all skeptical. We're like, oh, who's this guy? You know, like Tony Robbins, like people can, one of the best in the world, you can still look at him and be like, oh, who's this rich white guy? He's massive. Like, of course, like he's, he's great. Right. Um, but like I come out on stage and just everything's eliminated, you know, excuses are eliminated. Justifications are eliminated. You're like, this guy really talks the talk and hops the hop. Right. And so like, I, I, that's my superpower is really breaking down to people because I practice what I preach. And I think that's really important for people if they're trying to build a business or trying to build a community or a fan base, like just practice what you preach and you always want to be authentic and really show up yourself. Right. That's what I meant by um, in the beginning where I said, like, obviously I, I noticed when you walked in everything, but I know like it was your energy when you started to speak that drew me to you where I was like, all right, I'm engaged. I'm listening to every word that this guy is saying. And um, you exuberated confidence and, um, you know, public speaking, that's like the number one fear for all people. Yeah. I, I'm an introvert myself. And I'll honestly say that, like, I still get nervous doing podcasts. I get nervous. I did my first big speaking gig um, last year at that, at Ryan's mastermind. And it was to like a thousand people. And I almost didn't do it. I was so nervous. Like, but I knew I would have, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life if I didn't do it, but I was that nervous. And you know, it, it's, it's a selfish thing in all honesty. Like I think that oftentimes nerves, like I heard Trent Shelton say that once, like nervousness and like all that's very selfish. Cause really what we're thinking about is what other people think of us. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. it's a selfish thing, but it's still a human thing. You know, we can't help, but think that. So like, I'm an introvert, you know, which blows everybody's mind because I do the fitness modeling and I'm podcasting. And I think it's because of that, because of the fact that, you know, it's so uncomfortable for me that I'm like, I need to break this. I need to break this. And I need to get in front of people. Um, you know, were you ever like really nervous when it came to speaking or like, is that something yeah. I met you? You just were like, boom, here's Nick. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, no. So it definitely, definitely, uh, definitely nervous and I'll get into that too but when I first started speaking um you're right it's more of like oh what if I mess up and what are they going to think of me and do I look funny on stage and what happens if I you know pause and don't know what to say right it's more focused on focus on yourself um but it, it just like everything it's like it's like a muscle you know and and so I think a lot of the times if we're having anxiety or for stress or nervous about something then we're not prepared we're not prepared enough you know, like really, really the set, you know, Ed Milet says the separation comes from the preparation. And so like, if you're fully prepared on your content or you're fully prepared on your message and your speech, like 
you're going to be less nervous because you're like, I've done this. Like, I'm, I'm going to show up. I know everything I'm going to say. Like, it's just going to channel and it's going to flow through me. And so a lot of the times, too, um, for those listening, like, if you're having anxiety or stress about something, you're kind of nervous, go prepare more. You know, go prepare more, and that will lower your levels a little bit. Um, but also, you know, I always say that um, my biggest my biggest speaking engagement was in November um, with Tony. It was 15,000 people. And I was, I was nervous, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, and, and this is what I tell people. I've, I've done a ton of, <laughs> what did you say? I say, it'd be weird if you weren't nervous, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I tell people I'm always nervous, but the thing is I associate or I, I look at nervousness different the way that I, when I'm backstage and I have butterflies and I'm nervous, I, I know that means that I'm in the right place. And I'm doing something that I care about because if I was backstage and I didn't feel anything, that means I don't care. I don't care about anything, and I'm in the I'm doing the wrong thing. But I remind myself like, you're right, you're right where you need to be. Like your blood is rushing through your heart right now, and that's a good thing. And you're about to go out there, and this is a good feeling, and harness this feeling and channel it. Um, and and a lot of people run from it, right? And so it's really view. You know what what's your view on nervousness? And you know actually, you know it acts as your friend. And it kind of reminds you that you're like in a place where like you're about to grow and you're about to do something that fires you up and gets your heart going and you're alive. Like you're a human being and you're alive and blood is rushing through and your heart is going like this is the most beautiful feeling to harness. Right. So it's just like what, what's your what's your view on nervousness? Do you run away from it or do you like really embrace that? Yeah, that's how exactly I just would describe it, because when after I did that speaking gig, I got off stage and. I felt on top of the world and I was like, I want to do this. I want to do more of this. I loved it because one, I think I proved to myself something that I didn't think that I could do because I labeled myself as an introvert and someone who, you know, had a fear of public speaking. You know, I put myself in that box. And so I, I proved it to myself, but just like what you said, standing up there, it was like most uncomfortable yet most thrilling and alive feeling you have ever experienced in my life more than any roller coaster I've ever been <laughs> or anything like that and it was uh truly incredible and um you know to speak to 15,000 people with Tony Robbins I mean that's quite quite the accomplishment and it's only going to continue to escalate from here I mean there's no going back I mean you've already done so much, like I said, from, and you're only 23 years old. You're just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. I mean, I'm in my twenties too. So who am I talking about that? <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, do you ever feel like still have or struggle with having low days? Cause you know, I feel like a lot of people look at influencers, you know, they even look at me or other people and they think like, Oh, they, they're just, their life's perfect all the time, you know, cause that's what you post on social media, you know, and you know, people are talking a little bit more about things they're struggling with. It's hard to do so much like in pictures, of course, you can write a long caption, but how many people just look at the picture and they keep scrolling like if it's a hot, if it's something funny or a hot girl or, you know, someone with their clothes off, um, you know, but speaking podcasts all this I love it because you can be more real and be more authentic so with saying that do you, do you still like struggle you know beyond from what yeah. people see from the outside yeah to, to, I'll touch on both parts so you know for those that are trying to build a following or trying to build you know a fan base or whatever it may be you know like you said there's so many people are portraying this this fake life or this perfection and they don't struggle and you know 
I pride myself on authenticity. You know, I, pri I pride myself on my transparency. You know, people always say like, you're so genuine, you're so authentic. And that's the reason, because I don't hold back on anything. And my mind frame of, if I can share a story, whether, you know, I hate this story, I don't like it, and it was, a, you know, an embarrassing time, but I know it's going to help someone, then like, I'm here to serve. Most importantly, I'm here to serve. And so, yeah, there was a, there was a moment, um, like I said, I'm 23. I was, it was my 22nd birthday, and I was in Miami. And uh, we were celebrating my birthday and we went out to a club and maybe, you know, a girl said something to me or, you know, insulted me or something. I don't know what happened um, to pinpoint it. And, um, you know, I got, I got sent down that rabbit hole again. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because people need to realize, like, I have all the accolades. I have all the, you know, the, the people around me, the success, whatever it may be. But my, the, tra the training never stops. You know, like you always have to be constantly training your mind and, and resharpening your tools and dropping your ego and realize you only know what you know. And so, you know, I got set, sent down this rabbit hole and I went back and I was, we were on a high rise. It was like the 30th floor. And, you know, I went out onto the balcony. I'm in this really dark place. And, you know, the thoughts that were going through my head were, you know, I wonder how long it would take for me to hit the ground. Or I wonder if I can push that chair over to the balcony and climb on the chair and then jump off, you know, like but I'm sharing this because like my mind's people look at me with my mindset's bulletproof, you know, like I'm, I'm a peak performance expert on the mindset coach for the youth. Like, but I share this to show people that regardless of how much training you've done, there's going to be times and there's going to be events and there's going to be situations that put you on your ass. And that's why you need to constantly be sharpening your tools. And so in that moment, right? Like I, and, and another, another important technique is like sit in your shit, like sit in that motion you know, sit in that emotion, feel it, you know, what is going through your head, you know, and then in that moment, you know, call a friend or, you know, start thinking about the positives, which is really hard. So I'd say call a friend, which who's level headed, who can like talk you out of it or talk you out of a certain situation. Um, but sit in the emotion, feel it and ask yourself, you know, why am I feeling this way? And then those reasons that you come up with why you're feeling it, ask yourself, is it true? Right? Because we were talking about that earlier, like the majority of the things we we're thinking about are not true right? But your brain is just, just sinking you and it's putting you in this negative place. And the things that you're thinking are really not true, but you just believe it because the emotion's so strong. And so, yeah, I mean, I still struggle. You know, sometimes I wake up and I feel like I'm not doing enough and it takes me coming on a podcast and someone introing me and I'm like, oh my God, I did do all that stuff, you know, because we don't, we don't reflect. Yeah. We don't, you know, smell the roses. We don't self-reflect. We don't self-praise. We don't appreciate our wins. Like, these are the things that we constantly need to be doing and to be fully transparent. I need to do, need to do more of it. There's the, like the, there's never a time where I get to a point. I'm like, I'm good. You know, I don't ever have to work on my mindset again. Like I'm a stud. No, like the training never stops. And that's why it's so important. And you know, that's why, you know, one of my missions is to give my mindset to the youth, you know, like I, I want to expedite the process for the youth. You know, I want to give them the tools, the knowledge, the invaluable perspective so that they don't have to be suicidal or they don't have to struggle with confidence or they can experience more happiness because really like it's great serving adults. You know, it's, it's an amazing time serving adults. But <clears throat> before I die, like I want to give the future generation the things. So when I'm gone, they have all the tools, you know. And when they're like 20 and 30 and 40 and I'm 60 and 50, they're like, dude, you changed my life when I was 14. I'm like, that's badass, you know? Well, it's the kids that are also the most malleable. I mean, that's when your mindset is creative. It's the things that you're told, like the things you experience when you're on a bus ride and that girl says those terrible things to you that 
when something else triggers you like years, years down the road, you're brought back to that emotion. So it's this things like what your parents did when you were young that shaped you for when you were older. So it's everything when our mind is still forming that sets the trajectory for the rest of our life, which is why so many people who've gone through like traumatic childhoods or they've gone through a lot of hardship, you know, it's so hard to overcome that. Um, I, I hate repeating things on different podcasts, but I had talked to Satima about the story of um, the two siblings and um, one of the, they both had an alcoholic father. Have you heard this story before? No. So one sibling um, grew up and he had an incredible family and he killed it in his business. And I'm probably not even telling the story right, but he, he took care of his family. He respected his wife, you know, and he treated his kids well. Well, the other sibling grew up to be an alcoholic and he mistreated his family and he was doing drugs and he was depressed all the time. And you asked both siblings, why are you this way? And both siblings said, well, my father was an alcoholic. How could I be anyone but this person? Same uh, upbringing, but completely two different mindsets as well. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. felt inclined to share that story just because, you know, kind of talking about the way we're shaped as a kid, but also yeah. talking about how the perception of everything and how you can still change your perception at any point in time. And it's really the story that you have associated around that. You can look at the story like my father was an alcoholic, therefore I'm an alcoholic. So this is all my life is ever going to be. Sure. Or my father was an alcoholic and I'm going to be nothing like my father. And I'm yeah. going to take care of my family and I'm going to do all, you know everything that I can to love and support my family. You can always have two very different mindsets. Yeah, I love I love that. And and you know, for the people listening, you know, your past doesn't define you either. You know, like what you did in the past, you know, like that's the past, but like what you do now, what you do in the very moment, you know, the changes that you're going to make now and in the future, that really matters and is going to shape your destiny. So you can really let go of the past. You know, you can let go of past whatever you did wrong, whatever you did bad, you know, like that doesn't really define you, nor does your upbringing like you define you. You know, like you sculpt who you are and, you know, that's that's you know, environment, you know, the power of environment. And some people may not be able to get out of a certain environment, but, you know, we're blessed with technology nowadays. And so just, just make sure you're consuming the right content, especially, you know, in this pandemic and this, in this, you know, coronavirus situation, it's just like right now, a lot of people are losing their structure. They're losing their habits. They're sitting around in their sweats. Like that's going to lose momentum for you. And so who do you want to be in this very moment? You know, do you want to be chilling and getting fatter and slower when this when this ends or do you want to come out and be like a totally different human because you've had all this time to invest in yourself and so that decision is really up to you two different mindsets completely and talking about covid obviously there's a lot of negative you know news out there and a lot of people are finding themselves in a very low place people are losing their jobs you know health for some you know with the pandemic going around I'm sure there's many people who are even going through hard times with relationships where let's say, you know, they're going through a breakup and now they're feeling very alone because of all this isolation. Um, what, what advice would you give someone to maybe in one of those positions? Like what are some things maybe you do that just kind of help keep you mentally in your best place? 
Yeah. So fully transparent, like my main, my main speaking company runs off speaking events, which don't happen in a pandemic because everything's canceled. And so we've literally seen thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars canceled and pushed back and, and, and like put us in a really sticky situation. And so we can react and we can freak out. I'm just sharing my situation and then I'll come back. Um, or we thought this is a perfect time to build our digital presence, you know, to focus on our sales funnels, to focus on the weaknesses in our business, you know, take this time to really improve because it gives us the time to be home, to be able to work because it's hard to work when I'm always traveling. And so this gave us a time to focus on what we can control. Um, but my advice to people is whatever you're going through, um, I know this is cliche, but first there's people that are going way through much worse than you. Um, you know, always, there's always someone that's going through much worse than you. But even if that doesn't help, I would say, keep your structure, you know, keep your habits, like get up and get dressed, like do your makeup, get in the shower, you know, get dressed as you're going to work. You know, these things are going to set you off on momentum because you don't want to be sitting around. You want to keep be moving forward. What can you do in this very moment to, you know, invest in yourself or to invest in your family, to be more present with your family? You know, like these are the times to really see um, where we're, where we're weak, where our weaknesses is. And then the other point is, um, don't get so consumed in the media. Don't get so consumed in the media and stuck on your phone looking at all this negativity. The reason being is because when you are fearful, that drastically lowers your immune system. And so if you want to improve your chances of staying healthy, try to stay in a less fearful state. And how you do that is you stay off social media with all the negative stuff. You stay off the news, which is all negative stuff. It's, a, it's designed. It's a plan to make people fearful because it lowers your immune system. And so my advice to people is, you know, like we said before, like what, what are those, the one thing or what are the, the five to seven things that you can do today that are going to help your situation, that are going to help your family, that are going to help your business improve during this time and get dressed like you're going to work, get ready, put your makeup on, like make it feel like you're still going. And, um, you know, also I would say schedule like three to four 15 minute intervals where you're moving your body, whether that's going in your backyard or, you know, I know some of you may not allow outside, but you know, doing push-ups or get your body moving because you want to change your state. When you're sitting around in your house all the time, it's easy to get down and your voice goes monotone. And now you're thinking about negative things. You got to get your body moving. You got to keep, you know, you know, changing your state and um, make sure you're very conscious of where your focus is on. Are you focusing on the things you can't control, which is a lot, or are you focusing on the, the little things that you can control that is going to make you into a better human being, a better father, a better mother, sister, brother, business, CEO, whatever it may be. Focus on those things. So when this whole thing clears, because it's going to clear eventually, there's light at the end of the tunnel, you're going to come out as a better, more structured, better habit human being. And that's what we want to do in this place. Not go backwards. We want to go forward. How can you utilize this time to improve yourself? Yeah. I'm kind of viewing this as like my own little mini boot camp. So like, I'm like, I, the routine part is so essential because, you know, we do routines when we get ready and we go to work for most people, but they're like, well, I'm not going to work. So why get ready? You know, yep. Like, yep. but it's so important to do those things. And like, I'm using this as a boot camp. So like, and I'm really using this time as kind of like mental boot camp more than anything. I've done the fitness boot camps before. This is all about like mental boot camp for Rachel. So like I'm waking up at, you know, between five and 6 a.m., you know, I'm doing my meditations right now, which is for me, it's about like releasing a lot of the negative and then creating the emotions. And I do a lot of manifestate manifestations of creating the life that I want, you know, a lot of affirmations. 
feel incredible when I get done. I can walk into that feeling shitty and then walk out like a completely different person. Um, you know, other things that I'm doing is journaling. You know, um, I love that you said like calling a friend, you know, and speaking it out to them with your problems. I think journaling is a really, another really good way because when you write down your problems on paper, you kind of can look at it as if it was a friend, you know, and you're taking some of the emotions out of it. You're like, what advice would I give my friend? Because oftentimes we can give our friends the best advice yeah. in the world, but when it comes to us, our emotions are involved. So it's very, very yeah. difficult. So I like to journal about things I'm struggling with, the things that like, you know, I'm aspiring to do, but then also how I'm going to actually do it. So like, what are the actions? Um, other things, movement. I love what you said about the movement. You know, you need to be getting outside. You know, we're not allowed to go a whole lot of places right now. Um, but it's amazing what getting in the sun or a little fresh air can do for you. It's kind of like getting in your workouts, like your entire energy is just changed. So when you're outside and you're breathing, I mean, you just feel that change. And not to mention, if you can do a little movement with it, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better you know, doing that versus just being stuck inside all day as well, too. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's how I'm using this time, kind of like a mental boot camp, you know, also, what are you digesting instead of the media? Like what positive things like books, podcasts, right now I'm reading a book on, you know, um, meditations by Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you've heard of him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why I'm so into them right now um, and learning about them, um, or I'm listening to podcasts. I listened to the one you did with Ed Milet, kind of just wanting to hear a little bit more about you. Yeah. yeah. Night while I was working out outside. So, just like versus putting all that negative media, like what positivity can you also put into your brain instead? And it's amazing because I feel incredible right now. And, you know, someone's like, why are you so happy? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, I feel great. I was like, I'm doing all these things for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm not being consumed by everything around me. I'm being educated, you know, like I don't want to be like naive about what's going on. And I'm definitely staying up to date with that on what I need to, but I'm also not allowing that to consume me. And I'm also taking advantage of this time. So I think uh, I love a lot of the things that you said there. Um, so, you know, what is the best place for people to, learn a little bit more about, you know, the speaking events that you do. I know you have a book. I have your book myself, you know, where they can hear all about your story, follow you on social media. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on TikTok. I'm about to hit 1.8 million followers on TikTok. People like my funny videos. Um, and then my Instagram is where a lot of my speaking content is. And you can type in Nick Santanastasso, but if you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with no legs and one arm. There's not many running around this earth. And so I got the tattoos and the no legs and one arm, so you'll know it's me. Um, but yeah, you can find me on all those places. And um, you know, if you're up for it, I can give, I, I liked how you talked about the meditation. I have one that I created, it's just a, an audio one. And it helps people lower their stress and anxiety. And it's like five to seven minutes. Um, and it's something I'd love for you to go through it and let me know how you feel about it. Um, and we can put it in the show notes and just give it away for free. Um, and so we'll, we'll go ahead and do that if, if, uh, Rachel's up for it. Um, and it's just here below. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, you can find me on all the social media platforms. And like I said, when this, um, when this craziness passes, we're going to be doing events all over and they'll be able to tune in and check in on where I'm speaking at. But, um, I'm just uh, grateful for the opportunity to get on here and share some knowledge and share some perspective and life stories and, 
hope that uh, you take something out of this, right? Maybe it's, you know, not five things, but maybe it's just one thing, you know, one thing that you can implement today that is going to better the quality of your life and make you look at the world a little bit differently. So thanks. For, thank you for having me, Rachel. Yeah, of course. I think the listeners are going to take a lot from this because I've already know how you've inspired me and you're just getting started. You're just getting started on this journey. You're 23 years old and, it, and I cannot wait to see where you are in five years, 10 years, way down the road because, you know, the world is your oyster and you're just going to only continue to excel and impact so many lives. So you're you have such a beautiful soul, I will say that, and um, it's incredible to talk to you, and I didn't realize how easy it actually is to talk to you. You're really down to earth, and I've really enjoyed the conversations that we have, so I definitely hope to connect in the future. I will connect all your social media, so guys, go check out Nick. Check out his meditation. I'll be posting that here. Yeah, I'll send it right here. And... Um, yeah, I hope to have you on or we can maybe meet up at a uh, first form event here in the future once all this COVID stuff is over and we're allowed more than six feet from each other. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you again so much for coming on. You got it. Hey everyone, I know you got a ton of value out of today's episode. So if you can do me a favor, hit that little subscribe button, give me a rating, share the episode with a friend. If you found any value in this, I don't post any ads on my podcast. This is all free content for you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And this has been Share Magic.